At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is Odds on Femi Abebefe filling in for Mike Palm, Amal Shah, in his usual seat here, Amal. How are we doing here on this uh, summer kicking off here last week of June? I'm doing well. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you joining us last minute. I know, unfortunately, Mike's a little bit under the weather. Hopefully, yep. he'll make a speedy recovery, but... Uh, I know you got the call. It was like Gabe Kapler called. You didn't give you time to warm up in the bullpen. <laughs> but we're ready to go, as always. You know, yeah, you don't have to get ready when you stay ready. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do here on the show. Over the next 60 minutes, we have a lot of fun talking Wimbledon, MLB, also talking a little Pac-12 South. But we also have our guest joining us in a matter of moments, George Shea, the voice of the Nathan's National Hot Dog Eating Contest. It will be next week on 4th of July. We'll see if Joey Chestnut can defend his mustard belt. We'll discuss that here in a matter of moments. Yeah, you know, we were going to talk Pac-12 North, but then when we found out you were coming in, Britton and I made a last-minute switch because we didn't want to hear you picking... Didn't want any bias? No, no, no. We didn't want to hear you picking Washington to win the North, so that's why we made the change. Well, I made that mistake last year and will not be making that mistake again this year. But let's get updated on what's going on right now in Major League Baseball. I know a lot of eyes are in the Bay Area, or rather in the Bronx, I should say, as the Oakland A's are taking on the New York Yankees. The A's lead it 3-2, top of the third here. The Yankees, they went off as some big favorites. Minus 350, total uh, eight and a half right now as we're trending kind of toward the over in this game early on in the Bronx. Yeah, day game, uh, ball generally tends to carry. Uh, I like when you have an opportunity on these types of games where you see an eight, eight and a half or potential nine of looking over. This was an eight and a half here. And, uh, you know, right now if the Yankees can manage two more runs and if the A's can somehow figure out one more run, uh, you're going to get over this original total of eight and a half. And, you know, the other two games progressing right now as well at the same score of 3-2 Brews over the Rays and uh, Nationals 3-2 over the Pirates. Yeah, and also the Astros taking on the Mets as well in Queens. We are scoreless in the top of the fourth. Also, we have a game going underway in about 10 minutes between the Rangers and the Royals. The Rangers' slight favorites there at Oh, on the road, I should mention that the Royals are the home dog at plus 105, Rangers minus 125, total nine. Anything for you in this game before it gets underway? No, the uh, Royals, though, trying to avoid the uh, home sweep here. The, uh, the Texas Rangers really doing a nice job offensively in this series so far, scoring 18 runs, just a seven for the Royals so far. So we'll see if Zach Greinke can get things turned around against Dane Dunning for the Texas Rangers in this matchup. I think it's a fair price either way you look at it. Um, the total of the first five being a five flat instead of the nine and a half, I would mm-hmm. potentially look towards the over day game. Very hot in Kansas City this time of the year. Ball tends to carry. 
Yeah, ball tends to carry out there as we are now into the summer months and the dog days of summer. And summer months means that we get a lot of fun events going on. Some of the off-the-grid sporting events, and we'll have one going on July 4th on our national holiday. It is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And to help us preview that, we bring in the voice of the contest, George Shea, joining us here on Odds On. George, we appreciate you taking the time this morning or East Coast. You might be in the afternoon where you are at. But before we get into all the nitty-gritty, can you just set the stage of what Monday will be like with the nation Nathan's National Hot Dog Eating Contest. Well, right. So we're back on the corner of uh, Surf and Stillwell. COVID, we had to do it inside in 2020. And in 2021, we did it in a local minor league ballpark, uh, baseball uh, stadium. And uh, But this year, we're back on the corner where we've held the event since 1916. You're going to have the greatest eaters in the world. We have eaters from the UK, from Australia, from all around, obviously all around the US. And of course, the great Joey Chestnut, who has won 14 years, uh, last year ate 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. So he will be there, obviously, defending his title. He is the champion. And then Mickey Sudo, the former female champion of the world, had to miss last year because she was about to give birth to her son. She's back this year trying to regain her title. Uh, you mentioned Joey Chestnut and the success he's had. I'm looking at his numbers over the last decade or so in terms of the, just the volume going up 60, 61, then getting to 70, 72, 74, 75, and 76 the last two years, respectively. How is that these people were able to increase these amounts by a farly, uh, fairly large amount? I mean, to go from 68, or excuse me, 61 hot dogs to 76, that's a huge increase, almost 25%. Yeah, well, and then add to that the fact that when he first did the 61, the contest was 12 minutes. We found a, an old document that said the contest used to be 10 minutes. We thought it was 12. So, I mean, this, uh, this contest dates back decade after decade after decade. We changed the contest to 10 minutes. So when he was his arch rival, he and Kobayashi were competing um, in, you know, 2007, 8, 9. It was a 12-minute contest. They were eating low uh, to mid-60s. Now, Joey in a 10 minute contest eating 76. I think it's just he really understands how to manipulate the food because it's not just like, do you have the stomach capacity for that? It's how do you actually manage the food and control it, get it in your mouth and, and swallow it in that limited time? So I think that's a key element. One, one thing I would say is we have a bunch of eaters in the 50 range, you know, just a little bit more than 50, and many in the 40s. But, you know, Joey is 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 alone at in the 70s. Right. No one's mm -hmm. ever been that high. And uh, I don't believe he broke the record last year and, and the previous year. Last year, we had a beautiful 75 degree day. I mean, it was it was like a, a mid-June day. It was gorgeous and um, and low humidity. So perfect, perfect conditions. The year prior, when he had broken the, the, the record as well, we were inside in air conditioning. So he's got to do this this year. I don't think he's going to have those conditions. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff that we're speaking with George Shea, the voice of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. You mentioned how Joey's kind of all by himself here because I'm looking at the odds board for people who might be able to challenge Joey Chestnut, Jeffrey Esper, James Webb. These guys are 10 to 1, 17 to 1. So it's the betting market is, and everybody with common sense clearly thinks that Joey Chestnut's going to repeat and retain that mustard yellow belt there. But his prop right now is set at 74 and a half hot dogs. You mentioned the conditions and what he's dealing with this year versus the years past there with COVID. Do you believe that he can go over 74 and a half or do you think he might go under that number? Interesting thing. I will, I will reserve my own uh, speculation because since I am one of the officials at the event, but I will say this, a critical element here, I mentioned that we're outdoors, it's super hot and super um, humid, those will be key conditions, right? But he also has struggled. He had a very badly broken leg this spring, and the recovery has been very slow. Now you're saying, you know, it's his leg, it's not his, his jaw or his hands. But I think that if I were looking at that, I would wonder whether that would have any impact at all on his ability to focus. I'm not sure it would. He's a champion. He's a warrior. So, um, and he just, he just, his focus for this contest is like none other. So Jeffrey Esper has beaten Joey Chestnut, I think, 12 to 14 times in competition outside the fourth. He's never beaten him at the fourth because Joey is so focused on this event. George, I know these guys uh, consume a lot of food in preparation for this, but I've got to ask, I'm assuming you guys have medical personnel on, uh, personnel on standby 
uh, for any reason anything goes awry. I mean, you know, consuming this many hot dogs for the average person just, you know, could be pretty dangerous. I mean, how is it that so many of these people are able to sustain this without any issues? Well, you know, they have prepared for this in, in over many years. No one is coming to the stage and eating 40 hot dogs, you know, their first try. We always have a paramedic and um, a bus on, on the, an, an ambulance on the site. When we do an eating demonstration in a TV morning show, right, we're in Tempe or we're, we're, wherever we are, we do a morning show and we're going to show the, the anchors. We have, a, we have a, a paramedic there. So we're very, very careful about that. And obviously, we discourage any home training or anything like that. We have never had an incident, but we take it very seriously. And, um, you know, it, clearly there's there's a, you know, if we, we are, you know, you can't be doing this at home. We never market to kids. We get a lot of inquiries from kids magazines, kids platforms, out media outlets. Mm-hmm. We never do that because we don't want that to, you know, kids to be doing that. George, you mentioned now Mickey Sudo is coming off of taking the year off to have the birth of her child there. How do you think that's going to impact her now? Because the betting market thinks that she can pick up right back to where she left off consuming 48 and a half hot dogs in 2020 when she won the title that year. How do you think that the year off will affect Mickey come uh, Monday? Once again, hard for me to speculate in my position, but I would not be surprised if she struggles to get to that 48 mark. You know, she has, however, keep this in mind, she has, however, been out doing events on the circuit, none as big as the 4th of July, none with that pressure. But I think that Michelle Lesko, the current champion, is going to be in the mid-30s. And I think that if I had to guess, you know, Mickey would be above 40, well above 40. But I think the delta between her and number two is going to be enough to give her some comfort. Real quick here, before we let you go here, George, what is your favorite way to dress a hot dog? I had to ask. I, you know, for me, it is mustard, Nathan's mustard, that sort of uh, deli mustard and and sauerkraut. That's why I love it. I'm going to have one on the 4th of July. I will have one before that. But but I love Nathan's and I love for me, it's just simple mustard and, and, and sauerkraut. Pardon me. Do you have any gray Poupon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That that's my favorite is grape, grape poupon. <laughs> Put a little grape poupon on there, maybe mix in a little mustard as well. Um, you can't really go wrong with any of the hot dogs. He is George Shea, voice of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Check that out Monday. The broadcast starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So the folks out here on the West Coast, you got to wake up early for that one, George. But appreciate you joining us, and uh, all the best come Monday. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Awesome stuff there from George. Um, you, you, you brought it up there. It's the fact that these people are able to increase what they're eating there. It's just, it's remarkable, honestly. Yeah, it, it truly is. Uh, you know, I just always wonder, there's certain things people get into in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, how do you choose you're going to become a, a competitive eater? I mean, maybe you got a fast metabolism as a kid and you just were able to put down some food. <laughs> I don't know how that works out, but uh, I love to eat. I never, never thought about becoming a competitive eater yeah. because uh, the ramifications might be, uh, might be not too great for somebody like me. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but first, the VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets, email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com summer. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's Wimbledon week, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your go to sportsbook for all tennis related betting. Now through July 4th, place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook for a free $10 Bet Rivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Simply log into the Bet Rivers app, and now you can even live stream tennis matches right from Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Welcome back. This is Odds On coming to you from the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah here. You mentioned Wimbledon and all eyes on the All England Club this week and heading into next week as well as we're now on day three of the competition overseas here. Uh, what has surprised you the most through this early action here, first round yesterday and the day before, and now second round getting underway today? I, I'm just surprised in the last two years, post-COVID, in the men's and women's side, how many good players, particularly on the women's side, have dropped off in terms of their ability. They're just not consistent right now. I know Annette Contabate loses today to... Uh, to Niemeyer, uh, the, the young German, um, she was dealing with COVID last month. She went to eight finals last year, five winning, five of them. Um, you know, you have just players that are, it, it's just surprising what's happening so far. Uh, Tatiana Maria knocks off um, uh, Serena Cristea. Cristea was up a double break in the third set, loses that match. So you're seeing a lot of players come through that have been a bit surprising, some good underdogs that could be taken, and then the consistency with certain players. We see Jessica Pagula, uh, Pliskova mm-hmm. today, both of them advance. Well, we saw Emma Raducanu yeah. get knocked out earlier today. So, yeah, 18-1 to 1 there. Getting, it's, it's, she got beat in straight sets. <laughs> well, she looks like she's going to have a future on VH1's one-hit wonders. <laughs> I mean, if, if she doesn't get things turned around here, that run at the U.S. Open, that 10-match yeah. run, three in the qualities, and throughout the whole thing, not dropping a set was amazing, but she has not been able to live up to the billing, gets on center court a couple of times, a winnable match today and doesn't come through. Anything that jumps out to you when looking at the women's outrights or maybe even the men's outright odds as well here as we're now progressing through round two? As, as I, you and I talked off air, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought Matteo Berrettini got to the final last year, loses to Novak. I think he's got a chance to make a deep run, but he's got Rafa on his side of the draw. I just don't think he can beat Rafa and Novak in 48 hours, both of them. Um, I think if he's going to win, he needs somebody to do his dirty work in terms of knocking out Novak. It's kind of like when Roger won uh, the French Open. He needed Robin Soderling to take out uh, Rafael Nadal because yeah. I don't think he would have been able to do it. And so to me, the big thing is, um, oh, the uh, the big concern I have right now is when you look at it on the men's side, nobody's knocking off Novak. Yeah, yeah, and Berrettini and Chilich have both been knocked out due to COVID. I didn't even realize Berrettini's been knocked out. Yeah, Berrettini was out wow. due to COVID. That came out a couple of days ago. Um, I believe I missed it's, that completely. It's, it, it, which is totally shaken up this entire bottom half of the bracket, I would say, and it's opened things up for Rafa Nadal to potentially 
maybe have a chance at continuing and maybe getting that calendar Grand Slam after winning the Aussie Open and, and the French Open. Yeah, nobody would have had him winning this. I mean, he hasn't won at Wimbledon since 2010. Yeah. And so you, you're talking 12 years now or 11 years. Um, so real opportunity here for him. I, I didn't realize Berrettini was gone. Wow, that's a big one. Is there a challenger on the women's side to Iga Schwantek? Yeah, I think Simona Halep, uh, Bianca Andreescu, if she can stay healthy with her, it's always a big question mark, uh, health. She had a, a number of injuries, but she's a tremendous talent from Canada. Um, and then Halep is a person who won in 2019. She's an all-court player. Uh, she can be really dangerous. Just doesn't have necessarily the serve, but just a tremendous player. Once the rally starts, I still would probably take Simona Halep over any other player on the women's side once the rally goes. What do you think about Anz Jabor? Uh, I don't know if she can consistently put it together for seven matches. She's capable. She has the talent and the ability. But if she can do that, I think she can make a deep run. Probably the best drop shot in the world, either on the men's or women's side. Yeah. No, I selfishly asked about Ans because I have a ticket on Ans Jabor there, tailing some other smart tennis folks. I consult with them all, my tennis expert. I have other tennis experts out there in the, in the space as well. To, I just want to get a little bit of a sweat out here well, during Wimbledon. It's a, it's a fun tournament to watch, too, just as a fan. I got to tell you, your Novak bet looks 100 times better now that Mateo's out because mm -hmm. Rafa's not going to be able to knock him off by serving. Berrettini can put you in a tough situation. The, the problem is Joker, we know how good he's at returning serve. But remember, Novak has won coming into this tournament 21 consecutive matches here. And yep. now with the two, he's already won at 23 in a row. And, you know, I, I know he took out uh, Tanasi Kokonakis today. I think it was 6-1, 6-4, 6-2. Mm -hmm. uh, tremendous job by Joker. But, you know, he, he got against, uh, I think, Quan. He had a tough first or uh, second set. But Novak will cruise into the, uh, to the quarters Probably shouldn't drop another set. Maybe drops one, but that's about it. Yeah, it's it was to me when I made the bet. It was I think this guy can get to the quarters of the semis, yeah. and we'll figure out what to do here. If the matchup is kind of tricky, we can figure out some other ways to capitalize. But the problem is you have inconsistency with these good players in the top fifteen to the top twenty. Herbie Hercotch loses to Davidovich Fikino, who's a clay uh, who's a clay court specialist. Fikino uh, had an opportunity to close this thing on three sets, ends up in five. Hercotch is up a break, loses. FAA is another player who's going against Max Cressy. Give Cressy a ton of credit because he's a big server, but FAA still, you know, he's a guy with his talent. To me, had a great opportunity to make a deep semifinal, even a uh, run in this tournament. Just couldn't do it. Let's talk about some of the matches that are going on right now. We see Andy Murray, John Isner yeah. taking place right now. And Isner took the first set. Now we're 5-5 five, five in the second set. So it was 6-4 Isner in the first set, 5-5 five, five currently right now in the second Murray went off as minus 255. We know he gets a lot of backing sure. here at Wimbledon. That's the He's the favorite son out there. Isner plus 205. Um, I'm not sure how much of the match you've been able to keep an eye on, but from a live betting market and a live betting perspective here, what do you look for when watching some of these matches, and are there opportunities to strike in the live market? Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now I'm just trying to pull up the odds on, um, you see Isner's minus 130, and they're tied to five piece. Isner winning the first set. It's so huge because you're figuring this thing, if Murray's going to win, he's going to have to win a couple of tiebreakers because Isner's mm -hmm. serve is so tough to break. Remember, he played that game against Nicholas Mahout or that match. <laughs> yeah, 70-68, I think, was the final <laughs> score in the fifth set, and that's when they changed the rule and went to that super tiebreaker in the fifth set. Very smart move, and we saw it with him and Kevin Anderson as well. But um, I think if Murray's going to make the comeback here in the breaker, he, he, John Isner is so tough because he's the greatest server in the history of the game. And he puts so much pressure on you on your serve. Murray's got to capitalize on second serve opportunities. That's where he's mm -hmm. got to make hay against Isner. Also, Carlos Al Alcaraz, he's going right now. He went up as a minus 330 favorite against talent. And correct me if I'm wrong, Greeks poor? Yeah. Greeks poor right there. He was plus 260. Uh, Alcaraz right now is leading the match here. He took the first set 6-4. But also in the second set, there were 5-5 five, five in that one. Uh, also, Murray is plus 115 right now. So if you want to dabble in a little plus money on Murray. But continuing to talk about Alcaraz a lot of people like him and he's a young guy and he had a decent showing there at the French Open what do you expect from him here now that the surface is now playing on grass and it's a, a place that he hasn't really been comfortable at and doesn't have a ton of experience Carlos Alcaraz is a kid from Spain grew up on clay courts tremendous clay court player he's going to be a phenomenal clay court player I don't know if he's going to reach the level of Bjorn Borg uh, but I think he's got a chance to be a three four five six time French Open champion on Wimbledon, different surface, different game, different style. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to get to a point where he is holding the trophy at center court sometime. Maybe he does down the line, but it will not be this year. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, he's super talented, and I, some, I'm somebody who follows tennis. Uh, on the on the outskirts, yeah. uh, you know, I dabble here and there, but that's a name that I keep hearing brought up. Everyone loves Alcaraz and what he is as a young well, talent in the sport, at least. Yeah. Also, here's the problem: tennis is a tough sport from the states, particularly from the West Coast, to follow because a lot of these matches start at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three <laughs> yeah. o'clock in the morning, and you really have to watch a lot of these players to get an idea of what they can do. And I think so many times people latch on, "Oh, he's good." Okay, yeah, he's a great clay court player. If we're on mm-hmm. clay, you know what? I'm taking him probably among the top three to five players in the world on clay courts right now, especially with Dominic team not fully recovering from injury so far. But when you get on the grass courts, you, you got guys like Isner that'll take the racket out of your hand. Can you win the tiebreaker and can you win the pressure points? Andy Murray's a multiple time win Wimbledon champion. This is a guy that beat Novak in straight sets on center court yeah. in a final. So he's got the capability. I'm not taking anything away from Alcarez's game. But when you get to the Grand Slams, Femi, there's a different ball game when you got to win five sets compared to having to win best of three. Yeah, and center court is a different stage, too. Yeah. Some people aren't used to that center court stage. That's why I kind of credit uh, Harmony Tan yesterday yeah. taking down Serena Williams in what was a really hotly contested match there because that's not easy. Even though Serena hadn't played for a year, no. going up against the Wimbledon GOAT, and then here you are on center court and everyone's rooting against you to be able to uh, come back after how that second set went there. Uh, kudos to Harmony Tan. Anything for you in the later afternoon action here for you that you're eyeing or maybe some of the tomorrow's matches that you're eyeing as well? You know, the Dennis Shapovalov-Brendan Nakashima match, I would look at the total number of games in this one. I think this is going to be probably a four-setter, could be a potentially five-setter. Both guys, good servers. Don't know if they'll be overwhelming in terms of uh, returning server. And then I would look at Benjamin Bondi against uh, Jensen Brooksby. Brooksby's a good play. Uh, uh, He's been terrific so far. But, uh, you know, at minus 135, not the worst play in the world. Uh, Brooksby's better on hard courts. Uh, mm-hmm. he, to me, he's a guy who doesn't have necessarily enough of a serve on grass. I know he did well in his uh, opening uh, st- start of his career at uh, Newport, but that was a much faster surface on the grass there in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, so I would take a look here at that one. And then um, you got the, the, I'd look at Max Cressy against Jack Sock. That's another one I'd look at Cressy there. Can Kyrgios have the mental stability to go and, you, and make a run? He, he has the talent, no question. He's got the talent to win. Mm-hmm. But he, he, I don't know if he decides he wants to show up today or if he wants to go to a pub in West London tonight. I have no idea. So <laughs> I could never bet this guy. You know, against Krajanovic, he should be able to roll in this match on grass. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, Philip can easily beat him. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want to lay minus 330 with somebody who has the temperament of, of Nick Kyrgios there. On the other side, all his football's around the corner, Amal. Talk a little Pac-12 South here on Odds On. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is Odds On, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. Amal, usually when the calendar turns to July, which we are a couple days away from, that's when the college football juices start to flow here. I know that you are very big in the college football. We do the Point Spread Saturday show during the fall together. It was a lot of fun there. Um, And the college football season, we're starting to ramp up. And we have some win totals to discuss here out of the Pac-12 South. You joke that we can't do the Pac-12 North because of my beloved Washington Huskies. It's too, it hits too close to home here. So let's take a look at the South, which has a lot of juice to it because there's a couple teams that people have identified as potential college football playoff contenders. Starting with the USC Trojans right now, their odds to win the conference at 2-1. to one. Their win total is set at 9.5, minus 125 to the over, plus 105 to the under. Before we get into the other teams in the Pac-12 South, what do you make of USC after all the changes we've seen this offseason? Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and all the rest. Well, look, I think it's going to be a very good team. Part of the reason is because they've improved at the quarterback position, even though they were solid. I like Jackson Dart, who's now uh, gone on to um, – he's, he's transferred out of there. Uh, you have um, Keaton Slovis at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so you, ha- you have some improvements around there uh, in terms of bringing in Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, who I think many people believe is – Better than that, uh, Dart at Ole Miss. 
Uh, but to me, when you look at the schedule, very manageable. Rice, Stanford, uh, Fresno State, they're not going to be the same team. Kalen DeBoer now goes to your school, Washington. Yep. Uh, at Oregon State won't be an easy, easy one, but they won't be, I don't think, as good as they were last year. Jonathan Smith doing a tremendous job there. Arizona State going to have Emory Jones, the Florida quarterback, at transfer. He's probably going to be the guy that gets to start there instead of Tyson, Paul Tyson. Uh, so I, I think SC's got a very manageable schedule, and it's going to come down, for me, in my opinion, in terms of the Pac-12 South, to the game October 15th in Salt Lake City at mm-hmm. Rice-Eccles against Utah. And I think the Utes right now are just still too physical of a team. The one knock I have on Lincoln Riley is they've never been great defensively, and yeah. that's a concern. And you're going to play the one team in Utah that's balanced and that can beat you with defense. Yeah, and, and Utah is the team that a lot of people think could be a potential college football playoff contender, just like USC, because USC, you mentioned all the guys that they brought in there, and Lincoln Riley has been to the playoff as a head coach. Utah's win total at nine. Does it surprise you that Utah is not the favorite to win the Pac-12 and that it is USC? No, for a couple of reasons. I think Kyle Whittingham throughout his entire career has never gotten enough credit for what he's done because, remember, he took over for a guy that went 22-2 and two in two years there in Urban Meyer. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they went undefeated to beat Pittsburgh in the Fiesta Bowl. And you look at this uh, USC team. You've got, I mentioned Caleb Williams, the transfer from Oklahoma. Travis Dye, transfer from Oregon and running back. Mario Williams, transfer from Oklahoma, wide receiver. Jordan Addison, Bolitnikoff award winner, transfer to wide receiver. I mean, this SC offense looks like it's going to be prolific. The question is, how good is the offensive line and how good is the defense? And the one thing I respect about Kyle Whittingham and company, Mike, Mike Palm and I were talking about this the other day off air, Oregon came in there, I mean, when they played in the Pac-12 championship game, Whittingham said it's fourth down and two at our own 45 first four minutes of the game. Don't worry about it. We're going to smack you in the yep. mouth. We're going to dominate you because this is what we've done for the last decade and continue to do it successfully. We saw them do it. Look, if they did not play a potential Heisman candidate and probably the first wide receiver taken in next year's draft who had an incredible game in the Rose Bowl, the son of a Hall of Famer, and the number <laughs> one recruited wide receiver from your neck of the woods in Mecca Igbuka, mm-hmm. Utah wins that game, carries momentum, come, probably starts the season as a top-five team. They're going to go into the swamp being probably a one- or two- or three-point yeah, favorite. It's around a pick is it Okay, it's, uh, to me, I think this team is going to be better than people realize, despite maybe the heat down there. I think they're going to beat Florida. This team's going to ride momentum coming into that game at Rice Cycles. I like the Utes a lot this year. You mentioned the college football playoff. If you have an opportunity to bet a futures on a team to make the playoff, I think Utah is one I'd consider. That's the one that you'd consider there? Abs- in it, the Pac-12, yes. And, and the, the tricky thing with Utah and the Pac-12 is that you don't have as many slip-ups as maybe some of the other conferences. You don't get the mulligans like you might get out of the SEC or the Big Ten if you were to lose a game. But I think this Utah team, you mentioned the schedule, it sets up pretty well for them. Now, at Oregon could be tricky there. The Ducks looking for that revenge, especially after the two beatdowns yeah. Utah gave them last year, the game at Rice-Eccles and the game here in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. But I, I got to agree with you with Utah and what they build from the trenches there because the offensive line, the defensive line, they're always big and physical. And those teams, they hit the hardest. Out of all the teams in the Pac-12, Utah is the most physical team year in, year out. And I think that goes against the grain somewhat in that conference to where some of the teams are more focused on seven-on-seven football, really, of just pass the catchers and, and quarterbacks and all that stuff, which it can put up some good points. But when you face a team that is physical, like Utah is, that's where the youth kind of have a little bit of an advantage. I, I agree with you there. The one thing I give the Trojans the advantage, obviously Cam Rising going to be the quarterback for the Utes. I yep. like him a lot. Um, I know people say automatically Williams is better. Maybe, you know, he played well in a couple but of games. He? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly my <laughs> argument. Is he? I mean, what? You, you based it on, you know, a couple of games here or there. Let's see what he does consistently. Uh, the one thing I will point out, SC's got the easier schedule. You've got mm. San Diego State coming to Rice Eccles. They go at Florida. Sun Devil Stadium is in September, so you still have that heat in Arizona. Could be an, a concern there. Game time will probably be late. They've got to go to Oregon, um, and then they got UCLA at the Rose Bowl yeah, before be they play USC. So that's the one concern I have there. But UCLA generally not as much of a physical team. But I, I'm telling you, I think the Utes their season win total of nine to me. You got to play the over here. I don't see them losing four games. Let's say even if they get beat by Florida. They're not going to lose to San Diego State at home. You can't be that one-dimensional offensively no. and expect to beat the Utes. You can lose at UCLA even if they lose. I mean, I don't see them losing four games in this schedule. Oregon, I don't think it's going to be as good as people think. Yeah, you think Dan Lanning, the first year, is going to be a little bit of a transition? Yeah, you you have the quarterback <clears throat> transferring in from uh, Auburn, Bo Nix. But you know what? Bo Nix, is he going to stay healthy enough for the entire season? Because he's a scrambler, in, mm-hmm. inconsistent passer. And I know... He got a lot of hype at Auburn, but how good is he going to be there? Yeah, is he going to protect the football? Is he going to make those smart decisions? Uh, You mentioned UCLA. Arizona Mm -hmm. State is also a team that has some talent, but their win total set at six. Colorado, Arizona is still transitioning, rebuilding. 
Is there any dark horse out of the Pac-12 South that you like, whether it maybe be UCLA or the Sun Devils? Yeah, you mentioned the team that I would look at the dark horse, the UCLA Bruins. They got DTR back at quarterback for his 19th year. Um, <laughs> you know, if the offensive line actually gives him any protection. I, I will tell you this, you know, maybe because sometimes it's a little bit inaccurate on some good throws. Mm-hmm. You you look at the job uh, that they've done. They've, they've really done a solid job at the receiver position. They're a good team offensively. Chip Kelly, generally speaking, very well schemed, but... The big question mark is, can DTR be consistent? If he is, I think this team's got a chance to really pull off a couple of upsets. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama to start the season. I like the schedule. It's very weak. It's 3-0 and to start. Yeah, at Colorado, very winnable game there. Washington at home. You could be looking at a 5-0 and team going into the game against Utah. It could be potentially 5-1. and Then you've got a bye week before you go to Eugene. Remember, this is a team that had a great come-from-behind victory against Oregon a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. This team is very capable Um then, of course, the, uh, the the Crosstown rivalry game on November 19th. I, I think when you look at them, eight and a half is a number they can get over because of non-conference is weak. They get Stanford at home. Uh, very manageable. I'm not worried about going up to uh, Berkeley on the final weekend of the season. Yeah, what do you think about Chip Kelly and the job that he's done there at UCLA? It's, it's kind of been a slow build. I think a lot of people expected more uh, sooner, but to me, I think that he's been solid at least. I, yeah, I think with Chip Kelly, the expectation is to really win, right? At Oregon, yeah. they came within a... Uh, Michael Dyer, I don't want to say controversial, but you know, you thought the play was dead when he was down on the play, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Auburn wins the national title there. The problem at UCLA is twofold. What people don't realize, this is the number one academic public institution in the country. There are standards that players, you can't get into UCLA that you can get into in SEC schools. Mm-hmm. So there are certain guys you can't recruit. The, the other thing is you don't get the financial support at UCLA that you get at other institutions. You've got a tremendous basketball program. You look across the board in terms of other uh, programs that UCLA has done well with in other sports that you may not pay attention to. And then academically, this is a one of the elite institutions in the world. So the focus has not always been on football and spending money the way you would at USC or other places. Yeah, I think you can say that for a lot of Pac-12 teams that the focus has not been on football. Absolutely. For what we've seen in that conference. The Pac-12 South, though, would you agree that this is the better division of the two divisions between the South and the North there? Yeah, I don't think it's close. When you look at the quarterback situation, Jaden Delora at Arizona now, Mm -hmm. under Jed Fish, who I thought was underrated because Arizona got off to a slow start. They did better. They were competitive. Um, I I still think they're a little ways away from being a competitive team, but they at least competed down the stretch. Uh, Question marks about Colorado for me. Not not necessarily a, a big fan of what Carl Durrell and company are doing. ASU, we'll see what happens. Emory Jones comes in there, takes over potentially. It could be Paul Tyson, the starter there. UCLA with experience with DTR, Cam Rising back at Utah, and Caleb Williams. So from a quarterback standpoint, Mm -hmm. the Pac-12 South far ahead of the Pac-12 North at this point in time. Well, that's because you haven't seen Sam Heward yet at Washington. Yeah, but but let me ask you, (laughs) let me ask you this. Nobody has. They they refused to play him last year. Is he going to be the guy? Yeah, that's a good question. I right, mean, because Michael you got Penix. Michael Penix in yeah. there, the transfer from Indiana. Remember, Kalen DeBoer was the offensive coordinator at Indiana, mm-hmm. so Penix is going to have some familiarity there. That's his guy. And uh, Morris was the starter last year. It was funny. I was on with Neuheisel the other day, and I said, Dylan Morris should be on Hopkins basketball team because yeah. he's the best bouncer passer on the UW campus. But please, please don't remind me of Dylan Morris. Uh, we're still, we've just gotten over that from last year. They should fall. punt when he comes out. It'd be more effective. Punt just, on first down and play defense. <laughs> The loss to Montana just kicked off the college football season for me in a just a sterling way. <laughs> can't lose that game if you live in the Pacific Northwest. No, you absolutely cannot lose that game. But my Washington Huskies, it's a different story for another day. Still, still top five stadiums in college football. It is. Sail gating. Learn about it. If you don't know, now you know. On the other side, I'm all in, and we look down the baseball card. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction? Well, just look for three letters. Z-Y-N. Zen nicotine pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free tobacco alternative. They're available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back. This is the final segment of Odds On, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside Amal Shah. It is 11.45 by my clock, which means it is time for a little Amal in. We got one play for you on the diamond. Yeah, today, uh, one-on-one yesterday. Philly's losing that game uh, against the Atlanta Braves, 5-3. to three. Braves scoring uh, in the 8th and the ninth inning. And then the White Sox, with Johnny Cueto on the mound yesterday, fall behind 3-0 and come back and win that game 11-4. to four. Going to go with the Marlins and the Cardinals under seven and a half here. Uh, hopefully, been I think I've lost like five out of six now. Nine, 92, 76, and two on the year. Hopefully get things turned around here. I'm still in solid shape there. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm not comparing myself to the other people here. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? This, this is an embarrassment. Give me a break. Listen, I, I'm competing with myself. I, I'm not worried about these under 500 people. Here. I got to throw red calm, meat calm to the down, wolf. Calm down, family. Calm down. I got to okay. throw red meat to the wolf here. <laughs> uh, um, but Alcantara on the mound here. I tell you what, this Cardinals team is very good. The pitching has been outstanding. When you look at the closer, Helsley, what he's been able to do, eight hits given up on the year. Four to lefties, four to righties, has been outstanding. Um, I like this game under seven and a half here. I think this should be a much more of a defensive game. Cardinals plus plus defensive team. I still think they're going to surpass Milwaukee and win the Central Division. Would you have a lean on the side right now? We're seeing the Marlins. They're getting bet a little bit. They're up to minus 125. The road chalk there. Uh, St. Louis plus 105, the home dog. Yeah, not surprising there. Uh, the other game that I would pay attention to from a betting standpoint potentially is the Indians. Or excuse me, gosh. The Guardians. Yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, so I'm used to saying the Indians, right? Um, it's okay, so, you still get a pass. It's yeah. only one year. <laughs> uh, Twins and Guardians. Well, it's not like the name Guardians rolls off the tongue. I mean, couldn't go. they couldn't go with a single syllable, a syllable name? Come on. The Cleveland baseball team. Yeah. Um, but to me, this is an interesting one. This Minnesota team has done a tremendous job with their pitching. Give up a wild pitch in the ninth inning, allow the Guardians to score the single run, get a shutout yesterday. Another run came of a misplay by Max Kepler. So an important game for the Guardians if they're going to make a push in this division. Remember, this is the fourth of five games, and then they're going to play another five-game set coming up in July as well in Mm -hmm. Cleveland. So a lot of games still to be played between the Twins and the Guardians. 
All right, well, that does it for the Major League Baseball card. We guys still have a little bit of time left, so I wanted to talk to you about some NFL because the NFL never stops, it never sleeps, and we are now approaching the summer months to where training camp, about a month away for a majority of these teams, it is going to be here sooner than you think. In the AFC West, I imagine them all, is probably the division that everybody considers the toughest division in all of football. It's a very intriguing division, a lot of storylines here. Kansas City Chiefs, they have won this division, I believe, five or six straight consecutive years. But that could come to an end this season with numerous challengers in the Chargers, Broncos, and the Raiders. Right now, the Chiefs are the favorites, plus 175. The Bolts, plus 225. Broncos, plus 250. The Raiders, plus 650. Before we get into the win totals, but just from the division odds standpoint here, is there a valuable bet to be made as we sit here on June 29th? I know a lot of people will potentially disagree with this, but I would look at pretty much anybody in this division, you're on a plus price. Even the Raiders are plus 650. I think the addition of Devontae Adams, best receiver in the league, I don't think it's an argument anymore, right? Like he, I used to make the argument for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, no, it's Adams. Yeah, it's Adams. And uh, at this point in time, you add in Chandler Jones, who's probably better than Max Crosby on the other side. And so for me, Chandler Jones, probably the most underrated edge rusher over the last half dozen years in the NFL. He, he's been tremendous. I think this team with Jacobs as the bell cow can be very effective, plus 650 there. Uh, I think they've got a shot. I think the Chiefs offensively potentially take a step back without Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. I think the defense is a weak point for them. We know that. The Chargers, if they can stay healthy and with the addition of Khalil Mack, wow, watch out. With him yeah. and Bosa, I mean, this team's going to be really dangerous. I think people are overlooking how good these three teams could be uh, with their rushers against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs, we know for the last several years, the offensive line has not been as good as it was during their Super Bowl run. Um, I think this is a wide-open division. Femi, in my lifetime, the hardest division I've ever seen. I think one to four, not by you know just futility, but I think by playing well, you've got a team that can win this division, and it, it would be impressive because of how good the other three teams are in the quarterback play. Think about this. I'm not a big Derek Carr guy, but yeah. he's still an efficient quarterback. But when you look at Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert is going to end up signing a $300 million contract. <laughs> All guaranteed. Yeah, exactly right. Thanks to the Cleveland Browns. And then, of course, uh, you've got Russell Wilson, future Hall of Famer. You're looking at potentially, and this is not hyperbole, if Justin Herbert continues on the trajectory, you're looking at three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in this division. <laughs> That's insane to even think about it, but it's true. Yeah. Like the way you laid it out there. And if Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in your division, your division is pretty damn tough there if you look at it that way. Do you think Derek Carr is better than Dak Prescott? I think they're in the same neighborhood. I agree with you there. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's tough to. I mean, uh, they, one has their day, the other has their day. I think, uh, but they're on the same tier at least. I, I would agree with you there. My point being is this: if Derek Carr's in the NFC East, he's the best quarterback in the division. You can make that argument. Not not everybody would agree with you, but no, you can that's definitely, fine. You can I, definitely, my, my point being is, let's say you argument. replace him in Dallas for Dak Prescott, he's the best quarterback in the division. Yeah, and you look out here. You know, he's, he's the worst. He's, he's, he, and he's a distant fourth. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and, he's, and I don't even like to say worst because that implies he's, he's not bad, good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just that you've got three other guys in front of you that are just dudes. He's the fourth best. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly right. The quarterbacks in that division there. Um, the Raiders standpoint, though, it's interesting because we saw that number around 10 to 1 very early in the offseason. Now, a lot of people have been betting it 10 yeah. to 1 down to 8 to 1, now down to plus 650 here. Um, I agree with you that about this Chandler Jones and Max Crosby thing. You're Chandler Jones, I think the, one of the reasons why he's been so overlooked is that, one, he played in New England where if you're not Tom Brady, you're not going to be a superstar. And then he went to Arizona where the Cardinals, I mean, nobody's paying attention to what the hell the Arizona Cardinals are doing. And But he's acquired so many sacks over these years. He's one of the best pass rushers in football. You now pair him up with Max Crosby, who's coming off a career year there. They have two bookend guys. You even mentioned the Denver Broncos, Randy Gregory, who they just signed yeah. there. They have Bradley Chubb coming back. Like, this is a division that is loaded with pass rushers and loaded with wide receiver talent as well. I agree with you. Any of these teams winning the division would not shock me. Now, with that said, from a win total standpoint, how do you then attack it that way? Because we just glowed, like we're glowing about all four of these teams. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose some games in this division. Well, absolutely, but you could have carnage, right? You could have three. Everybody, let's just say for simple math, everybody wins their home games in the division. You go three, three, uh, three and three for everybody. I don't think that's mm -hmm. going to happen that way, but. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other about these win totals for any of these teams. Um, I think they could go any which way. I think, though, Kansas City, I would argue that their defensive unit is the weakest unit of the eight units in this division. division. I think the Raiders have improved a little bit more with the addition of Chandler Jones. I want to go back to your Chandler Jones point. Plays in New England. He's the only Belichick's the only head coach outside of Brady there where he overshadows everybody else. Yep. 
Arizona, nobody knows what he's doing. And then, not to mention, his brother, John Bones Jones, is an all-time UFC yeah. fighter. So he's not the most talks, famous person yeah, in his family. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, he's not even the most famous person in his own family. Think about that. And I think when you look at the improvement of this defense, and if you can get home on these quarterbacks, it changes the dynamics. Uh, the one thing, though, I would tell you that's going to be a challenge for all these teams is all the other three quarterbacks have pretty decent mobility. Carr's not a great mobile guy, but he's good enough where he can pick up a first down when necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's tough to say. You have to look at the schedule. Where do you see one of these teams being? I think the loss of Hill is going to have an impact on Kansas City's offense. Well, let's look at Kansas City's schedule here because that schedule is daunting. At Arizona Cardinals started off. Now, there's no DeAndre Hopkins week one. He's facing that six-game suspension, but they're still they're only a three-point favorite on the road. That game can go either way. Home for the Chargers, at the Colts, at the Bucks, home Raiders, home for the Bills, who want revenge after the 13-second meltdown there in the divisional game. At the 49ers, home for the Titans and Jaguars, you get a little bit of a reprieve there. Then at the Chargers, home Rams, at Bengals, at Broncos, and then you finish off home Broncos at the Raiders. This is a very difficult schedule, and if that win total was sitting at 11 at minus 110 around that ballpark, I think I would entertain going to the under. I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, their schedule only gets easy at the end of the season. Sorry, Femi, again, your Seahawks are on that schedule. Hey, it's not my Seahawks. <laughs> That's right. You're a Cowboy fan. Yeah, I forgot about it's, that. It's but even better. The Texans, the Cowboys, the Jaguars. But the problem is you mentioned that first six weeks. You know, you got Buffalo, which is a crucial game yes. from potential AFC standings perspective. The Colts, I'm looking forward to seeing them with Matt Ryan. I really mm-hmm. don't know what Matt Ryan has. Is he the guy that can be good enough with a terrific running back in Taylor? Good offensive line. Uh, so that remains to be seen. Arizona, this is a really important week one game for them because if they can win this game, it'll give them positive momentum moving forward. If they play poorly, then we could see potentially that train come off the track there in uh, uh, Arizona for that team. So I think they got a really challenging schedule here. This is going to be interesting to see. I'll tell you right now, I'm not not saying they're going to go 0-7, but you could sit there and make the argument that they could win their first seven games or lose their first seven games against any opponent. I don't mean from an 0-7 standpoint, but like, the 49ers at San Francisco, a coin flip. Uh, at the Buccaneers, a coin flip. So these are some tough games. I mean, you look at that first slate there, it's like, who's the worst quarterback on those first six games that they're going to face? I mean, the, the, the worst quarterback is maybe Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah, it is. And he's still pretty damn good if you protect yeah, him. I think that yeah. Matt Ryan could be good. Uh, that does it for Odds On. On the other side, betting across America, top of the hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.